Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Die Die Podcast. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Tom, and somewhere out there is Neil. Say hello, Neil. Hello, everybody, and this is episode 93, if you're paying attention, correct, Tom? Uh-huh. I hope everybody enjoyed number 92, possibly our angriest episode yet. Yes, Tom blew a gasket, that one. Yeah. I'm trying to decide whether to escalate the cold podcast the podcast wars or to let them die down. We'll see what happens. We'll let the we'll let the enemy make the next move, Neil. There you go. Yeah, it's a good plan. It's a good but plan. A signed apology. No. Anyway, it's all good. So so we always talk about we have two different kinds of interviews, right? Neil, we have the type that we kind of cultivate for months and yeah. or people we know and know really well. And then there's the other kind where it's just sort of hey, we don't really know the person at all. We just kind of throw caution to the wind. And that's actually what we're doing today. Um, we're talking to a guy who, who sent us some music. And we're like, man, we really like this. And and he's from a place of where we never talked to someone. And he plays in a band that's a little different than a lot of the other bands. So we are happy to welcome with us today John from New Rocket Union. How are you doing, John? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Not bad. Not bad at all. Whereabouts in the uh, country are you, John? I'm in Minneapolis, South Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Is there a difference between like South Minneapolis and North Minneapolis? Uh, there, there is. Um, South Minneapolis, well, it's uh, it's a bit more, almost a little more suburban, a little more um, urban, and uh, North Minneapolis is a bit higher crime rates. Crime is really bad throughout the city right now, but uh, North Minneapolis is higher crime rates, more. Well, I'll just say, uh, South Minneapolis is more white, and uh, <laughs> North Minneapolis is, is more black. So, so the truth of it is, isn't it cooler as a musician to live like in the wor- in the worst neighborhoods, though? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I suppose there's something to not getting your car broken into and things like that, but um, that's that's really happening everywhere, like everywhere right now. This is just it's just been on the rise, but. Um, yeah, you know, Uptown used to be a hot spot for musicians, and then it got very gentrified, and then everyone kind of moved to the northeast part of Minneapolis, and same thing started happening there. So everyone's just kind of sprawled out, but it seems like so, everyone is a musician as well. So, like, where, like, First Street uh, is, and, like, the there's there's a couple of famous music venues in Minneapolis, and I have been there once, but it's been years. Where is, that's, like, downtown? Is that centrally located, or is that north-south? You mean First Avenue? First Avenue, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's right downtown. Right downtown okay. Minneapolis. Gotcha. So you've been there before, yeah, Tom? I, I've been there, but I haven't. I, we went to, there's like a little bar on the outside of it, but there was no show. Just happened to be no show while we were there. Now, how come you were in Minneapolis? That's a long way for you, man. Well, yeah, it is. It's close to 12 hours. But, the, uh, you know, my buddy Scott, who you met, we were, we were on this mission for a while where we were trying to go to every ballpark. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So we went and saw the Twins' new ballpark. I had been to the old one when I was a kid, actually. But it's super expensive. Like, downtown Minneapolis is very, very yuppie. Hmm. I mean, I thought it was like little Seattle almost or something. I was sort of... <laughs> it, it doesn't feel very Midwestern, man. It feels really like Northeastern or something. Yeah. At least that, it's, that, it's was, really, that was my take. It's really, it's really gotten that way, too, once they put in the new stadium and they put in the new... Um, well, we got two new stadiums. We got the Twin Stadium. We got the Viking Stadium, and uh, everything's kind of shifted around. It's all Deadsville right now with the pandemic. But, sure. Uh, yeah, it it feels like. I mean, I remember like 10, 15 years ago, I just walked from uptown to downtown and go see shows and stuff. And now I go down there, and it's just yeah, it's it's always busy. It's always crazy. 
Is so like what's what's the status of things in Minneapolis or Minneapolis or Minnesota in general right now? Are you like are your bars and restaurants open or what, what's your what are you guys doing? They're at uh, limited capacities and then okay. mass, mass mandate. Gotcha. So you're not Texas. No. <laughs> but well, not Michigan either, Tom. I mean, you're you're still pretty locked down, ain't you? Well, it's 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 getting more. It's getting better. It's getting much better, actually. We've been out to dinner a couple week, couple oh, weeks. Oh, that's in right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I forgot. And I know some people aren't comfortable with it. And you know what? I, you know that that's cool too. Do do your thing. You know. Yeah. But uh, so tell us tell us a little about a bit about your history, John. What's uh, I assume this isn't your first rodeo, especially now that I've now that I've seen you real briefly. I mean, you're you know you're no spring chicken. You're not a kid, obviously. What's uh what you uh what's your history playing music in in Minneapolis? Well, I started kicking around in, you know, punk bands. I mean, I'm still basically doing the same thing, but uh, I was uh, playing bass in punk bands. And uh, I was in a band for quite a while called, uh, Neil, Neil, you're going to like this because I know you, you, uh, you like to cringe over band names. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, we were called Plate O Shrimp. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Plate O Shrimp? Yeah. That's, that oh, Jesus that's crazy. You know, you know, Minneapolis is known for their seafood, Neil. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Landlocked. We, we, took, landlock. we, we took the name from a Repo Man quote because we were doing like that 80s mm. uh, Amer- American style um, punk rock. So, you know, and like most bands, I'm like, oh, this one's going to last more than a couple of weeks. So I'm like, who cares? But, you know, it ended up lasting a few years. But, um, well, that's funny because Repo Man is such a cool reference, but it's so obscure. Did anybody even get that? Are they just like oh, that's, that? That name's so I bad know. they must be a Scott band. <laughs> yeah, a couple, a couple people got it. And here's the funny thing: um, after we were kicking around with that uh, name, we found out there was a Scott band in Boston named Plain of Shrimp. So, oh, Jesus. Well, at least they have shrimp in in Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> See if you just called yourself shrimp, that would have been a little bit better. But uh, yeah, play shrimp. Go. That's almost about as loose yeah. change. Yeah. So you were so you were just the bass player of this band. You weren't singing or anything. I was I was singing, writing songs, playing bass. Okay. But pl- playing bass and uh, singing, I was basically just I could only do like root note bass playing. Sure. Uh, so and the drummer Bruce is he's the same drummer I'm I play with now in New Rocket Union. So okay. I had taken a I had taken a break from music for a long time and uh, went back to school and everything and ran into Bruce and he's like hey you want to get together and make some noise and um, I was playing a little more guitar at the time so yeah we just kind of like started working on some stuff and uh, and it just kind of evolved into where it is now uh, we talked about you know possibly getting a bass player moving to bass and having a guitar player but it was well if I'm playing bass I'm just gonna play root notes anyways if i'm singing so i'm like well let's just like treat tweaking this and see you know how it goes and um be open to the idea of adding more musicians if needed but we just kind of like kind of like the the two-piece thing to just strip down all the songs to their bare essentials and if you can write a good song and it's hooky it's like i don't know just kind of trim so, all the fat gotcha so let's let's play one of them what do you want what do you want to play first you want to play an older one or you want to play a newer one yeah, why don't we play an older one? Um, why don't we queue up uh, Come On, Come On. That's one of the first ones that we wrote. Okay, cool. Sounds, sounds, sounds good. good. Sounds good. Okay, so, so this do is... It, Mr. DJ. Yep, so this is New Rocket Union with Come On, Come On. 
Union there with Come On, Come On. You, so, said, it, you said it was one of your oldest songs, right? Yeah, it's one of the first ones that we wrote. Okay, cool. So, does the... Man, so many questions. So, does the drummer help with the writing, or does he just do his own parts, or does he contribute, like, musically beyond the drums? Um, he'll help with arrangement, and he'll throw in ideas and stuff, but yeah, it's basically I, I bring the songs to practice, and we kind of bang them out and work them out from there. So and I'll I'll bring nope. a, I'll bring a song to practice sometimes and it just won't work and I'll, I'll you know I'll have a fully formed song and I'll bring it to practice and it just won't work for whatever reason I'll take it back rework it rewrite it turn it into a completely different song and you know sometimes to come up with the best stuff that way. It's just it's funny right Neil because like so my little brother I talked about this my little brother was a drummer growing up. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't uncommon for us, like, when my parents left, because, you know, they didn't really care for the ungodly racket. Now, this is going back 30, 30 years, you know. We would go down the basement, we'd knock it out as a two-piece, and it was sort of uh, liberating, you know, well, yeah, to do it as definitely. a two-piece. I mean, it's the greatest thing about being a two-piece band that you don't have to deal with mo- as many personalities. Is that really the bottom line when it comes to the two-piece? <laughs> you know, I, I play in another band right now, um, and we were a five-piece band. One of the guitar players recently left, and uh, we're called Bad Idea. And you know, there's there's pros and cons to both. You know, it's it's nice having. Um, I mean, that's definitely part of it. I mean, more personalities means more conflict, um, scheduling issues, and everything like that. 
but it's also nice having you know other voices and other ideas to come to the table so and sure. just other other friendships you know that's, that's what it really comes down to you know you making making music with your friends and having a good time well, and if you if you I suppose if you piss off the audience, it's nice to have five guys instead of <laughs> <laughs> instead of two, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah, and we're still trying to get the audience to show up. So, so what? Well, or or the venue to allow an audience? Yeah. Exactly. So, did you? So let me let me ask you something. I, I so did you guys do a split? And I I don't know how long Bad Idea has been around. Maybe this is maybe there's multiple Bad Ideas. Did you guys do a split with a Detroit band called Bad Assets? Um, not this bad idea. Okay, uh, okay, I mean, it was a different yeah, bad idea. Know, yeah, there's plenty of bad idea bands, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't us. We put out, okay. uh, we have, like, two separate recordings that we put together as one CD, and it's up on Spotify. But it's kind of like, uh, more of that old-school 80s mid-tempo punk rock. We get the, we get the effigies and, uh, naked rig on comparison a lot, which nice. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that yeah, one out then, for sure. I'm fine with that, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? The name the name might be a, a the name might be something that multiple bands have, but it still beats the heck out of your uh, non Scott. Plate of shrimp. Yeah. Plate of shrimp. Yeah. So, so you guys have so so you guys have um, you you have an LP out, but it's is it is it a couple different things on that LP? Um, what we did was we we put out a, a, rec- a 10 song recording on cd and okay. we sold most of them and i didn't want to press another batch of cds just because just well they're cds you know sure, and, and right. it's kind of a dead a dead medium um around the same time somebody contacted us on facebook uh out of japan and he asked if he could do some artwork for us so um we decided we were gonna like pony up and press the 10 songs on vinyl with new artwork and then we had that gory's cover just sitting in the can so we threw that on there as well so it's um okay so it's I'll, essentially the same as your cd except for okay with an extra track on it i got you. with an extra track and, and new artwork yeah yeah discogs is very confused because it has the album uh, the cd is the album and then the vinyl yeah. the vinyl it has as an ep even though the vinyl okay. has even though the vinyl has like more track or one more track on it so that's that's pretty weird so it's like you're okay Yep. To no, confuse things, yeah. To confuse things even more, the vinyl is pre, is a uh, is a forty five speed. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the, it sounds really good. It sounds really good, though. I mean, I was. Uh, yeah. I mean, thank you for sending it. It's. It's. I was really yeah. impressed. The artwork is great, and it does sound really good. You know. So. Uh, I mean, I guess that's one of the advantages of the two piece thing, right? It doesn't get too muddied in the mix and stuff like that. It's. Uh, it's good. Well. Yeah, you know what? All right, let's play another song from the record. Let's play a song, another song from that record. So pretty much, we're gonna play a couple of newer ones, right? And most of them we're gonna play are from the from this record that you can buy right now from you guys on Bandcamp or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, you can get it on Bandcamp. So yeah, yeah. New Rocket Union on Bandcamp. It's 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 a great it's a great record, and you know we get sent tracks all the time. And like I said, there was a couple things about your bands particularly that picked my interest because I'm like oh we haven't never talked to a two-piece band and we didn't really know anybody in minneapolis but when i heard that first track i'm like wow that is a great great you know punk and roll song yeah definitely cool. thank you yeah thank you so let's play something from the record and then we can talk about some of the newer talk about the newer stuff you're working on all right cool what should um, we do next you tell us why don't we play hey hey okay 
<laughs> there you go. You heard it there. This is New Rocket Union with Hey. Yeah, got it going. Yeah. He was Milwaukee, though, right? That was Happy Days. It was Milwaukee. That was Happy Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wisconsin, Minnesota. Most people don't care, Neil. Well, so how how did we even get hooked up? Because did you did you just send us an uh, an MP3, John? Because we because we were going to do another um, new bands episode. Is that is that how we even got hooked up with you guys? I think so. He sent yeah. us an email. Yeah, that, that's it. I came across you guys on um, Instagram. And um, once we started releasing, we've been releasing a couple tracks here, here and there. So I've just been hitting up a podcast that I like, and uh, you know, cold calling. Hey, you know, check it out if you like it. Play it if you don't. You know, yeah, that's cool. We get it. So, yeah, I've been listening to your pod. I uh, <laughs> really enjoyed, really enjoyed some of the interviews with like uh, Joe Queer and uh, Roxy Epoxy and. Uh, yeah. I'm glad some people like them, Neil, because apparently yeah. other people didn't. Yeah, that that's where the war thing is coming from, because somebody yeah. ro- somebody wrote in with some anger about the uh, Joe Queer episode. So that's uh, oh really? Kind of, yeah, we get, we get a little locker room. We get a little locker roomy sometimes. I admit it. I admit but, it. But no, but uh, it's, it's so so what do you so right now you you've been kind of like putting out new songs like once a month or what 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 have you been doing with because you you got some new songs in the works definitely. Yeah, we um pandemic hit uh 
we were still practicing because we can stay fairly safe as a two-piece. Sure. Stay a bit apart. And um, so we've been working on some new songs, and we booked some studio time and uh, recorded six. And five of them I liked, or you know, mm. I didn't hate. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so rather than put out an EP, we thought we would just kind of hang on to them and go in and do another session at some point when we're ready and put out another album. Um, but then they started announcing they're doing these Bandcamp Fridays again. So I thought oh, yeah. I'd just start doing some digital singles and uh, making some videos and stuff like that. A lot of it's just to kind of keep me engaged and keep my sanity because really uh, being in a band and booking shows and playing shows and uh, going to shows, all of that stuff keeps me sane. So, I mean, practicing is great, but it's nice to have like a project to actually keep myself motivated as well. Well, yeah, so, you, sure. yeah, you gotta have a goal to, to, to you gotta have a goal to go towards. Otherwise, it just feels like right. you're just wasting your time, really, or something. Yeah, um, and and when you're right, and when you're writing the songs and stuff, that must be one of the beauties of uh, of being a two piece, is that uh, you know you can you can get to the meat of it real quick yourself, right? You have the idea and you can just knock it out, and if you like it, you like it, and if you don't, you don't. There's none of that, you know, analysis, no par- paralysis by analysis, right? If there's too many people involved. Sometimes you yeah. sometimes you never get to the end result. Yeah, there's definitely some of that. Sometimes I'll have an idea that it just I think it's great, and if I bring it to practice, even with a two piece, it's like you know what, this just isn't going to work. So uh, it's always trial and error, but yeah, sometimes it's, it all comes together. So, so I mean, there's definitely there's challenges to being a two piece as well. I think uh, just because you don't have that extra input sometimes. When you when you record on the, on the technical end of things, when you go into the studio, do you double the bass tracks or do you use some kind of a like an octave? Because uh, it's a very full sound. It is a very I full mean, sound. Yeah. I mean, honestly, listening to your record, if somebody told me it was two guitars and a bass, I would believe it. So, yeah. do you use like an octave pedal or what do you, what do you do to get your sound so chunky? Or you just over track and track and track? So. Um... At practice and at, at and at shows and in the studio, um, what I did on the first record is I was using a delay pedal, and I but I wasn't using the delay effect, so I could I could split the signal. I could have the guitar and bass going at the same time. So uh, essentially, I just have I have two amps running at all times, uh, one for low end and one for high end, and uh, we did that with the uh, studio as well. I don't use the delay anymore. I just have an AB pedal. That way, I can like switch it on and off if I just want one channel at one time um, and then I'll, yeah. right right and then i'll um in the studio I'll, I'll go in and lay down like just an extra track or maybe a little uh a lick here and there for an overdub but uh yeah it's basically just dr- drums and uh guitars and vocals and uh i just have multiple amps going at once hmm. so the amazing thing to me on a like te- uh, once again on a technical aspect is how you can get those low guitars sounds to essentially make not make the bass sound but fill in the space that would be the bass without getting muddy you know you don't generally there's some people play chords on bass but you don't see it very often because it makes for a sort of muddy sound but you got it's got a good punchy it's got a good punchy sound no question about it um like i said we heard that first single we're like oh dude this is really good i mean most most we rarely get sent anything where we're like oh that's awful that doesn't happen very often but once in a while like i'm like neil you actually got to listen to this yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Almost everything we've got for this next les- uh, listener one so far, I've, I've actually enjoyed. Stuff. I've actually enjoyed every single thing that's been sent to us. Yeah. So you know, 
Yeah, it's good. What? Why don't we do one of the new? Let's do one of the new singles. Let's do the new. What? What? What do you want? You want to do the one you just did, or you want to do the one that's coming out like in the couple of days or tomorrow? Yeah, we're gonna drop uh, two new songs on uh, Bandcamp Friday. This one's already gonna. So when this airs, this will already be out. But uh, it's called. Um, what is it? Hypnotize. Yeah, let's play that one. Sounds good. Okay, New Rocket Union, Hypnotized. Union with hypnotized, so that's a, that's a single that's going to be coming out this weekend. You said or something? Yep, tomorrow Friday. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, a two two song single on Bandcamp. Because I saw one that actually, because I have Apple Music, and I saw you have one uh, that hits. I don't well, I don't know when it came out, but it came out sometime in twenty twenty one, right? The waiting for you single. That's the one he sent yeah. us. That's the first one he sent us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was about a month ago. Okay, that was a month ago. Okay, yeah, excellent. It's 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 always it's always nice when that stuff shows up in Apple Music and just suddenly pops up one day. So that's good. Yeah. So well, how so how come how come this guy from Japan decided to do artwork for you? What was that about? I have no idea. He just tapped me one day and said, you know, I, I like your band, I like your sound, and I'm wondering if I could do like a poster or or a flyer for you if you got anything coming up. And I went to his site and I took a look at his stuff and. Um, yeah, I liked I liked the style, and I said, you know, we've been kicking around the idea of uh, pressing our CD on vinyl. If you want to do an album cover, and he was totally stoked because he'd never done an album cover before, so he really put his heart and soul into it. He did the um, he did the artwork for the new single that's coming out as well, so okay. the digital single. That's cool. Yeah, I was always wondering why it had Japanese uh, print on the on the front. Or is that kanji? Yeah. Is that what that's called? Yeah, I was wondering why that was on there, but now that explains it. Yeah, it's a good sleeve. It really is. It does stand out. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, I'm really happy with it. 
it's funny, isn't it, Neil? Because we've had that same situation where people want to make stuff for us, and you know, we had that the, the guy in Chicago. His name eludes me at the moment, but made us those slip mats, and it, it, it's pretty cool. And it's friend, nice to you know, know your stuff. Australia made us stuff too, right? Um, yeah, it's true. Adam, that's right. Yeah. Adam Muster. It's just it's nice that it, when when you resonate with somebody, you know. Yeah. Makes sure. you feel like your your hours you're putting into something are are worth the time. So, did you you born and raised in the Minneapolis area then, John? I actually moved here um, when I was twenty. I moved from uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, to Minneapolis. Oh, no kidding! Yeah. The Great White North of Wisconsin, huh? Yeah. Did Did you move there specifically because you were drawn to the music scene, or was it a work thing? Um, I was. I was a uh, community school dropout. And um, working in kitchens, and I just started uh, getting into playing music. I'd been a fan of music for a long time, but just started, like, tinkering around on bass. And I had some friends that lived up here, and they needed a roommate. And I was like, well, I'm just working in kitchens here. I can do that somewhere else. So it was just time. You know, you you live somewhere for 20 years, and you you grew up in your hometown. I I just felt like it was was time to do something else, move somewhere else. But, yeah, I love it here. I'm glad I moved here. I love the music scene. I met a lot of cool people here. How bad are the winters though? I've heard the winters are pretty awful up there, though, right? Well, they're not. They're no. They're no picnic in in uh, Wisconsin either, Neil. Well, I don't know how far. Yeah, I I'm not quite sure where Appleton is. Is that pretty far north? Yeah, it's it's in like an hour from Green Bay. It's holy central. shit. Yeah. Well, and it's 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 definitely small town compared to Minneapolis. I mean, it's Norman Rockwell compared to the city, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but, but the winters are brutal. We had we had like a ten day stretch of uh, negative negative. Uh, double-digit negative below temperatures here. And it's, so once it gets above zero, we're like, all right, heat wave. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah, we, we actually had that too. this year, too. Yeah. I remember going yeah. to – I remember Minneapolis. The thing I remember about it, too, is, like, all the office buildings downtown, they're all connected by, like, above-ground tunnels, Neil, so you don't have to go outside. Oh, is that right? You know, Skyway. You know what gets cold when you don't even have to go outside because you <laughs> – it's too brutal. But it's, it's funny, you know, because I was really going to – I was really going to, like uh, – you know just quiz you about your your uh favorite like uh minneapolis stuff but you actually didn't grow up there so you li- probably never had a chance to like you know accidentally bump into bob mould at the supermarket or something or like uh you know run into paul westerberg at the 7-eleven or something huh not nothing like that i, I mean i i love those bands um you used to see grant hart walking around a lot he would um he was just kind oh. of a local character uh was before he? He, okay he passed a few years ago and you know, Dave Perner, I'll see once in a while, just walking oh, around uh, at shows. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, now that they're not like mega stars, I think he's a bit more low key. And um, so, yeah, I mean, every once in a while, Brian Setzer lives here now, so I saw him at an X show. So it was kind of weird. Brian, well, Brian, Brian Setzer lives in Minneapolis. Yeah, he married a Minnesota girl. He lives out in one of the suburbs here. Wow. So, like, wow. Yeah, I saw I saw him at uh, X played his, at a show. Uh, a, a, a club called the Caboose, and I saw Brian Setzer. He was like hanging out upstairs, and I was crossing my fingers the whole time for like an all-star jam, but that didn't happen. Um, and yeah, then there was like this car show, music events, and Electric Frankenstein was playing. And nice. yeah, Brian Setzer was Brian Setzer was outside looking at cars. I'm like, oh, there's Brian Setzer. So you know, so, so weird, weird stuff like that will happen. So, so Brian, like, did, did you ask him for an autograph, or did you just leave him alone? <laughs> I just left him alone. That's what I always do, too. I know. I just... I, 
these people deserve their peace, right? They should be able to be left alone. Or are they like crying inside going, I can't believe no one recognized me. <laughs> I can't believe nobody no. wants to talk to me. No, I think he's perfectly fine with that. He probably gets bugged enough, but Does he still yeah. dress does he still dress like the full like rockabilly regalia? It, it's it's toned down, but I mean it's definitely he's definitely a, a rockabilly guy. You know, so, like people in the rockabilly scene, they have like a certain look. He's definitely sure. has that look. He's yeah. got like creepers on and flames sure, yeah. on his leather jacket. So who's I was gonna say because the big question always if if you're a Minneapolis guy, who's Gurdu, replacements or Prince? <laughs> it's it's got to be the Hoosters. Yeah, it's pretty obvious yeah. that one, see, isn't I, it? See, yeah. see, that's funny to me because I love I love Hoosker Du and I love the replacements and I, I like Prince. Even though I took my wife to see him one time and it was very disappointing. But I, I do like Prince, but the fact of the matter is I would have guessed actually for you guys replacements, because you got that kind of ramshackle rock and roll thing going, you know, more yeah. than the I, I would I would say you're more more like kindred spirits with the replacements than with Husker Du. But maybe I'm wrong. Oh. Just because it's because it's more rock and roll. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean I, I love I love the mats as well. If Bruce was here, he would say mats and I would say Husker. But oh, is uh, that right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's more of a Mats fan. I'm more of a Husker fan. So I, maybe that's why it works. Well, but the thing is, your songs have such that classic kind of rock and roll songs about girls kind of vibe. Yeah. And Husker Du was so freaking serious-minded. I love Husker Du, but it almost can be suffocating their, how serious they were sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I was uh, just just listening to Candy Apple, Gray, Candy Apple Gray today. Don't ask me why I was listening to that album. I just was. Yeah, that's a weird one. Well, you have to choose, yeah. It's a good. It's still a good album, Neil. That was the first one I bought by him, so I, I have a special kind of kinship with that album. I, there's some really good songs on there too. Absolutely, it was. I mean, it wasn't the yelling of the early stuff, but man, those guys were good songwriters, you know. And it shined through, yeah. and they were no matter what they were doing. And and I don't have much of a kinship with like the later replacements albums. I really only like the earliest ones, but even the later ones, they all had some good songs on them. Yeah, like. Like don't tell a soul and all shook down. It's like I never reach for those. But there's yeah, same. A few good songs in, in that mix. But yeah, the like the sorry mom and stink. I mean that that stuff. Is mm-hmm. cool. What about Purple Rain? Do we ever reach reach for Purple Rain? <laughs> What's happened to this you podcast? Know, <laughs> we'll well, like you know he, he's lived in Minneapolis. He's lived in Minneapolis for quite a few years now. I want to know if he got invited to one of Prince's famous basketball games. I've never been out to Paisley Park. I know people that have gone out there for his dance parties and stuff, and every once in a while he'll show up. I actually know a guy who went out there, and um, Prince showed up because he would do these like all night dance parties, and then he'd just show up at the end of the night and like play a song or something. One of those what? nights, he sh- he showed up and took everyone to a James Bond movie. Huh. <laughs> That's not too random. He was an eccentric, eccentric little dude. Eccentric little dude. He's got some good songs too. I mean, he's very talented, but I mean, his yeah, no question. Put out, put out so much. I mean, there's a lot of garbage to go through as well. So. He was an amazing, amazing guitar player, but unfortunately, you know, he was more or less like a soul musician. So it just never. He rarely let it sh- was able to let it shine. He but had yeah, some good rock stuff too. Like the, the last band that he had, that Third Eye Girl, was a good like rock and roll, um, funk rock and roll kind of thing that he was going for. So and I don't the know. thing. The thing I always heard was that, like, he was a guy who would hang out at, like, backstage at First Avenue. Or, like, he was a fan of, like, he was a fan of music. But he's dead now. Yeah. All my heroes, are de- all my childhood heroes are dead, Neil. Prince, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what's happened to this podcast? <laughs> God damn. Uh, 
right, Neil. I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead. I'll let you go ahead. Right. I'll step uh, back now. I was. I was. I was actually going to ask. So you were. You were saying how you got the effects in the studio. Um, not in the studio, but yeah, went in the studio when you were recording. What do you do when you're playing live? How do you? How do you get uh, that sound? Yeah, basically the same thing. I, I run the. Uh, I, I drag a. I got a Fender Twin and I got uh, a Fender Bass Rumble, um, and I, I have them both plugged in. I, I'm able to like split the single signal between an AV pedal. And just, um, yeah, so I got the high and the low end going at all times. Okay, that's cool. And, and so you so, can, like, stop. So theoretically, you could stomp on your B pedal and, like, pick out a bass line if you wanted to. Yeah. Just it, pluck a bass it, line. It, it's easier to do just uh, dropping the bass out and having the guitar. Because okay. even, even just the bass amp, it still sounds like a guitar coming through a bass amp. I mean, it's some low end, but it doesn't sound like a bass. Okay. Yeah, because you're not double. You're not actually driving the octave. You're just running it through uh, something that like focuses on the lower end frequencies. So how how long have you actually uh, have you guys actually been doing this? How long have you been New Rocket Union? Been probably five years now. I want to say. Okay, because the album came out in 2018, right? That's when we pressed the album. Yeah, the CD was 2017. Okay, so have you done any touring at all, or have you just been playing around around Minneapolis basically? Yeah, we do we do little weekenders. Um, the longest we've gone out has been about four days, but uh, yeah, we've hit uh, you know the Green Bay, Chicago. We did uh, we do punk rock night. We, I heard you listen to uh, you. Listen oh to yeah, yeah, Indianapolis. Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been down there a couple of times. Rich is great. Uh, went all the way down to Nashville one time. That was fun. Hmm. Um, we actually made our way over to uh, Nebraska, and we got to over wow. to Vibers. So that was cool. Of course, I suppose that he's much further west than we are. I suppose that's not as far as it seems, but um, man, that seems right. a long. Time. So, where did you play in Chicago? Just out of interest. Uh, we played a few places. Uh, the last time we played there was the. Um, let's see, we played the Burling- Burlington. We played the Subterranean, and uh, the Liars Club. We played. Oh, the Liars, Liars. Club, yeah, yeah, Liars yeah. is fun. Liars, yeah. Liars is a lot of fun. Hmm. And actually, L- Lombard, Illinois. I've heard you talk about Lombard. Are you near there, Neil? Lombard? No, actually, I'm not. Okay. Lombard's well. I'd say it's way yeah, west. He's it's north. about an hour. It's about an hour west. Oh, okay. Lombard. All right. Yeah. We played a dive up there too, or down there, wherever it is. So. Not, it wasn't the Brower, wasn't the Brower House, was it? No, no, it was um, O'Neill's Pub. It's basically just a bar where they bring a bring in a PA and they let punk bands play. Hmm. Very DIY. It was hmm. fun though. Cool scene. People come out just because it's something to do. So, because they live in Lombard, right? Yeah. Well, Lombard, yeah, they got they got Brower House and they got that place. I guess they're pretty much spoiled for choice. If you're living in Lom- if you have to live in Lombard, I guess, yeah. But meanwhile, Lombard's probably not that small. It's probably like a hundred thousand people or something stupid like that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's it's west though, man. It's bleak, bleak out there, bleak. Let me tell you. And Brower House is out. <laughs> Brower House is adding all kinds of problems. I guess the original owner got forced out because he said something on Facebook he shouldn't have said. So I guess the original owner got forced out and he's been bought out or something. Uh, yeah, so that's one of those cancel culture things, I guess. Gotta love it. Yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to be like not booking bands anymore. I'm not quite sure. Because they used to get some good bands considering how far out in the verbs they were. Yeah. yeah. Off and on. Yeah. One of those times we played the, uh, the Punk Night in, uh, at O'Neill's, Agnostic Front, I think, was playing over at the... Um, Brower House. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
so some people were like they'd show up to punk rock night over the, the at O'Neill's and then they were heading over to the dealer show. So yeah, I know Super Suckers had played there and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I know that they uh, that Brower House had pretty decent bands come through. I know they love those rockabilly type bands. It's it's just weird going to a venue that's in a strip mall. It's just very strange. I didn't really particularly enjoy it. The, the I've only been there once, and uh, the drive was a bitch. But yeah, it's just weird being in a strip mall. I don't know. Huh. Something about that doesn't scream rock and roll, I guess. I guess. Should we play another song? Sure, let's do it. Okay. Tell well, us what's next, John. Um, why don't we play the other new one, uh, Waiting For You. This is the one I sent you guys initially. Yeah, yeah, this is the one he sent us. We're like, whoa, that's really good. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so this is on, uh, I assume it's on Spotify too, but it's on Apple Music if you guys want to check it out. So um, yeah, so this is Waiting For You by New Rocket Union. So the so the hope eventually is you're gonna put together another ten or twelve tracks and put on another LP. Is that is that the ultimate goal, John? That's the idea. We're po- trying to polish up some songs now, and then we're gonna like book some more studio time. It's not a big push right now, just because I don't want to put out a Can't product. Play. And right, sure. I, I, if I don't have if we don't have a um, venues to sell the merch at, I don't want to just sit on the product. And so yeah, just kind of like woodshedding, trying to write some good songs to fill out sure. the album. Do you do you have do you have a show book for 2021 or, or are you not there yet? No, no. Our last show was uh, January of 2020. We got to open for Flatfoot 58 in the entry, um, but yeah, nothing books. Oh, from Chicago, Flatfoot 56. Yeah, 56. I, yeah, I know what you meant. I actually I actually am a pretty big fan of that band. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're so great. It, 
have you guys got yourself in a position where you can get like the cool like the cool opening gigs because it seems like there's always in any given town there's always like a couple of bands that seem like they always get all the cool opening gigs have you kind of got yourself in that spot we've been fairly lucky um we got to open up for the Lillingtons. Nice. The 7th Street entry. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. Those guys were really cool. And then uh, we got approached to open up for Flatfoot. Um, a lot of it sometimes is just uh, reaching out to the venue and saying, hey, I see this band's coming through. Do you need an opener? And oh, really? uh, they will, nice. yeah, they'll, they'll pitch to the band um, saying, you know, hey, we got these locals that want to play. And ultimately the band or the management of the band will decide it who gets to go on. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, it's been, uh, kind of have to be proactive with it. Sure. So yeah, I you mean, know, we don't, we don't get all the good gigs, but we, I, I'm not complaining. It's, it's funny, you know, cause you got to have a guy like that in the band, but I always hated that. I always hated that part of it. You know, what being the, being, being the guy, guy trying to sell, the phone calls. Be, being the guy trying to sell the band. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you like, use your wife as the manager, right? Get, get your wife I to make all the phone calls. <laughs> Because I, I don't mind sitting in the basement for hours working over a riff, but the thought of calling a bar owner. <laughs> but see, you know, to the to the you know to the brave go the spoils, you know, because it's it's you know, John's reaching out to people and people are answering, and well, and and you know, the music, you know, the music will get you a minute in, which helps, you know. Yeah. You got a very very short time to grab somebody's attention. But uh, what are what are uh, no? Say go ahead. Say, go ahead. Oh, it was kind of the approach of the songwriting too. I mean, with with us being a stripped down uh, two piece band, it's like we got to write a, a good catchy song that that'll grab people. So I'm glad it, I'm glad it's working. Thank you. <laughs> so we we uh, one of the things I was hoping, kind of hoping I could make it over to this year. Now it's a bit of a hike for me to Minneapolis, but you know I grabbed Neil along the way. I got some other people I'm friendly with in Wisconsin. I could make a little bit of a weekend out of it. Was heading up for D four, which I. Or D Fourth of July, which I kind of doubt is going to happen. But um, do you do you ever go to that event? I've I've been to a few of them um, when they used to do them at the Triple Rock. Um, I've been to a few of those. Uh, they did last last one I went to. I think Pegboy played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a while. Uh, then they kind of moved it outdoors and started doing block parties with some bigger bands. And then Triple Rock closed, so now they're. They set up in different places. I think they did it in Grumpy's parking lot one year, and then they did it at the brewery the last couple of years. Um, I haven't been able to go the last couple of years just because I've been. I think I, I think we're actually out of town ourselves doing a little mini tour when they've been playing. Hmm. So it's a good time. I mean, is it recommended? You have five stars. If I can, if I get a chance to go, should I go? Oh yeah, it's a good party, and they always they always uh, find good bands to fill out the bill. Um, did they? Did they? announce who they're going to have or well no i wonder if it, i, I kind of doubt it'll happen at all but now that you mention it's outside maybe maybe there's a chance well i think the last one they did was inside at a brewery but okay. a couple times before that were outside like when they had boris the sprinkler that was an outside event and they had um they had against me play and that was an outside event hmm I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even familiar with what this is. What is this, Tom? I've never. Even it's heard like of it. uh, you know, Dillinger Force from right. Minneapolis, and every year they do D Fourth of July. So around the Fourth of July, uh, they'll okay. Have, I think it is it multiple nights or is it just like a one day deal. They used to do it. I think they were doing two nights in a row when it was at the Triple Rock and when it fell on a weekend. Um, I could be wrong about that, but it used to be like two nights, and or it had been a couple of times. And then, mm. um, then they then they moved it to just a, a one day event. 
See our our Neil, our new pal uh, Paul Paul One from Boris the Sprinkler. Uh, he's he's buddies with Dillinger Four, and he heads out to that. And we were kind of I was kind of hoping we could all head out there this year, but like I said, I don't know if, I don't know if it looks good this year or not. Things look better this year. I mean, I think we will go to some shows this year. Like at least by late summer, fall, I think there'll be some shows. But yeah, it ain't gonna be like 2019. I'll tell you that. Punk Rock Bowling announced their lineup, and I don't, I wouldn't hold my breath for that actually happening. I bought tickets for that Boogaloo. I don't know what they're going to call it now because Burger Records put it on. And that, oh yeah, yeah, in like uh, Oakland or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I had been to their uh, that thing a couple of times. Uh, it was supposed to be Bikini Kill and Circle Jerks, and it got postponed yep. and rescheduled. But we'll so see. did they? Did they get the same headliners? There's, there's tentatively scheduled. Yes. Okay. Because I noticed, like, okay, so I, I, actually I've been kicking around going to punk rock bowling. It's pretty easy for me to fly right from my home airport here in the Grand Rapids area to Las Vegas. And I actually think we're probably going to pull the trigger on it. Because here's the thing, right? We're going to, me and my buddy are going to take our wives. And if the show gets canceled, then we're going to lay around the pool and drink beer or we'll still be in Vegas, you know? It's not like yeah. it's, not, it's it's not like flying out to Des Moines for a big punk rock festival, <laughs> and, and having like oh we got hotels booked in Des Moines, you know. So so I think we're actually I think we're actually leaning towards doing it. Maybe you should come out there, Neil. You could get a cheap flight out to Vegas. I, I, we, we're not hundred percent yet, but we're actually leaning towards it. But you so you've gone to the Burger Boogaloo before? I've been out there twice. I uh, went out there and saw the Mummies in I don't know twenty sixteen or seventeen. Something like that, and then I was out there again to see Iggy Pop and X and Buzzcocks before Pete Shelley died. And, nice, yeah. yeah. yeah so do fun. you do you have a friend out there or something, or you just go just for like a vacation? Yeah, I, I know a couple of people that live out there. Actually, uh, John, who did our layout, he lives out on the uh, record. John Crop, he did our. Uh, he lives out there with his girlfriend uh, Barb, who I used to be roommates with out here, and. Um, yeah, uh, the first time we went, just kind of on a whim, just for kind of vacation, me and my girlfriend. And second time, I well, same deal, but you know, get to see Iggy Pop and, <laughs> sure. and the Buzzcocks. So, sure. Yeah, I don't know that you'd want to see the Buzzcocks at this point. I mean, I suppose I would out of just out of curiosity, but well, I just, don't know. Just, just Steve, just Steve Diggle's thing these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that business thing that we talked about last week, Neil. It's like that new business song's pretty good, but man, I don't know. Well, I think the business thing's a bit, well, I had, you know, it's tough to say, right? I mean, the hearts are in the right place and stuff. And like I say, if they're doing it and giving the money to Mickey's family, then I think it's all good. They do do whatever you want, but especially if there's like two or three of the original members, but the Buzzcocks, I mean, it's just Steve Diggle. You don't think Steve, you don't think, you don't think Steve Diggle's giving the money to Pete Shelley's family? Somehow I doubt it. I don't (laughs) think they really liked each other, did they? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I think I think it was like a Lennon and McCartney thing, right? I think they were very different people, but I think in in with what they did, I think they did. You know what I mean? They they bounced off sure. each other very well, I think. So so John, is one of the dangers of having a two piece band like normally, you know, I played in a diff- different bands before and sometimes you kind of split up into different factions and different people, you know, you know, you always have somebody on your side or whatever and you kind of go in your groups when you're on the road or whatever. Is is it like what happens if you're not getting along with your drummer? <laughs> what if there's if there's only two of you? It's like Neil and I. We we rarely have any moments, but you know we have no buffer. There's no buffer between us. It's just you know just the two of us. You uh, has that ever come up or? or... You know, it it really hasn't. Um, we we've known each other for a long time, and I think we work well off each other, and we understand each other's uh, 
kind of quirks and boundaries and everything. And uh, if we can spend, you know, six hours in a truck together um, and then, you know, all the time sitting in waiting for waiting to play after loading. Yeah, we hasn't really no real big uh, arguments have come up. And it, I think if they did, we'd, we'd be able to work it out or just take a break from each other. So, yeah, it really it's not an, has not been an issue. Yeah, you could almost like tour in a Toyota Corolla or something, right? That's <laughs> yeah, another one of the advantages of just being a two-piece, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, ima- yes, ima- I, uh... imagine being a ska band and trying to tour with like nineteen people in the band with like horns and shit. That's going to be a nightmare, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I-, I was trying to think actually when when we when I heard you were a two-piece, I was like, what other two-piece bands do I know? And I started trying to make a list of some of the other two-piece bands that I that I could remember. Well. I mean, 10 or 15 about... years ago, 10 or 15 years ago, it was kind of one of those things. It was a little bit of a trend, you know, it had the white stripes and the black keys are still around. I mean, you, local, had lo- H, you, right? you said local H, right? So I was thinking back in the eighties, I saw a band called the right. flat, the flat duo jets. I saw them, they were a two yeah. piece. And then there was a band called the Ravenettes. I believe it was a man and a woman. That was a two piece, but I couldn't mm. think of, I couldn't think of too many. Were you were you influenced? Was it, were there any two piece bands that influenced you? Or I mean, was there like somebody that you looked to for inspiration as far as specifically being a two piece, or not particularly? But I didn't really set out to form a two piece, so it just kind of like happened that way. Um, sure. So like when we just started working together, I'm like, well, let's just try it like this. But yeah, I had seen the Flat Duo Jets as well, and I was a fan of them. And um, I actually was thinking about. Rather than trying to like play quote unquote punk rock, it's just writing good rock and roll songs. Mm-hmm. And they kind of had that kind of Sun Records kind of thing going yep, on. They did and exactly. Yeah. I, I, some of the stuff I was trying to write was kind of in that vein, but the punk in me just you know bangs out these power chords and ends up shouting anyways. So it just it comes out the way it does. Well, talking well, about talking about that, he, what 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 were some of your favorite bands growing up? What were some of your biggest influences growing up? You think? Were you a seventies um, or an eighties kid or what? Yeah, I was a I was an eighties kid, but the the punk I got into at first was from the seventies. I want to say, like, because I had a I had an older sister who turned me on. To, she was into punk rock, and when I was still listening to you know just like Weird Al Yankovic, who I still love, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the Sex Pistols were probably the first band that really kind of turned my head around. You know, when everyone in my my school was listening to Bon Jovi, I'm like, yeah, but you, you, you don't you don't know about this other thing that's that's. Happening. I feel attacked, Neil. I feel yeah. attacked. <laughs> Just don't mention meatloaf. But yeah, yeah. And then you know, bands like the Dead Kennedys and Black Flag and Circle Jerks and the Suicidal Tendencies, and then kind of moving more into uh, a lot of that crossover thrash, which Tom, I know that you like a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of a hodgepodge of uh, good aggressive, but yeah, that the '70s and '80s punk rock stuff was definitely the early the early stuff that got me turned on. Cool. So so the one issue with the other the other single issue I think with being a two piece like you can never really do like a ripping solo, right? Yeah, it's it's a curse and a blessing. <laughs> my ability no one's gonna hold me to like playing a ripping solo either so i've been working on you know on my chops trying to get a little better here and there but a lot of it comes down to uh you know my my limited ability on guitar as well so 
Uh, I'll play some licks and, and some double stops and stuff on the on the recordings, but yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to pull it off live at this point. Anyways, so. ninety nine times out of a hundred, a good riff is better than a good solo. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, Agreed. all right, where what? How many songs we got left, Neil? Just I, of the ones he picked, we only have one. So, oh boy, yeah, yeah, we went through them pretty fast. Today. We did. Well, yeah. you know, we always suck at... Here's the thing, John, honestly. We always suck at, like... Usually we don't play the first song till like, 20 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we kind of... We, we suck at planning. So that, so today I actually made a mental note. I'm like, well, let's, you know, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Now, right now we're almost burned out of songs. But that's all right. We can throw a different... We can throw that's a different okay. one. We can add another one to the end. So let's, let's, take, let's take another song break. Okay. I think the last one he had picked out was Get Down, right? I think that was... Get Down, yeah. Yeah. What's that one about? It's just about getting down. <laughs> getting, get, <laughs> okay. Get, 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 getting down, playing rock and roll. Yeah, it's it's just a simple barn burner rock and roll song. Just uh, not too much thought behind it. All right, there we go then. So we got New Rocket Union with Get Down. Get down for you. New Rocket Union. All right. It's a good album. You should buy it. You should. The new stuff, too. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. No, it is. It's good. Hey, man, if it's good, it's good, right? And I appreciate I appreciate, oh. appreciate you sending it, too. That was very, very cool of you. It's always, yeah, nice. I mean, it's, it's always nice to go down the mail room when you're not expecting anything and to be a package there. That's always. Yeah, like, when you forget about like, it. Yeah, it feels like best. it's like Christmas, right? So, so uh, you a record collector, John? Um, not so much. I, so when we're on tour, when we're doing our little weekenders and stuff, we spend a lot of time in record stores and, um, you know, just for downtime, Bruce is becoming quite a bit of a record collector. Um, I, I'll pick up stuff here and there. And, um, you know, if it's something that I had a long time ago on like cassette that I want again, I'll pick it up. But I'm not like I don't I don't hunt for those for those buried treasures and stuff like that. Hmm. Well, your wallet is better for it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. It's a lot of fun. Come on. Yeah, how much fun do you uh, have with discogs it, like me? This, I mean, this geez. year, Neil, Neil and I last year both definitely went crazy because we didn't have our shows. You know. 
it was like the only part of our lives that were normal. So yeah, with no shows and no, it's been, uh, it's been tricky, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for, uh, you know, like a band like yours, like, man, you just had a year in a holding pattern basically. And it might be a year and a half, you know? So I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is. Well, the answer is doing what I just did, going to Discogs and buying a bunch of stuff from a record store in Spain. That's what. There you the, go. That's what the answer is. There you go. That's always great when you're buying a, like a buying a band from. Had to go to like a record store in Spain to buy a record from a band that you used grew up with in Illinois. You know. That's true. But it's 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 weird how that works out. But you know, when it does show up, it's going to be a huge surprise, right? Because like, it could be. There you go. It could be now. So it could be tomorrow. It could be. It could be. You know, April by the time this thing shows exactly. up. So, I guess we'll see. Well, Neil, despite all your your mail uh, post office bashing, I tell you, we got a record from Minneapolis pretty quick. So yeah, we did. Yeah, I mean the, the yeah, I mean I'll give them I'll give them the props. Things have gotten better. I mean it's still not you know still not Amazon better, right? I still don't get it in a day or two. But <laughs> Amazon know. doesn't have any good records, Neil. Oh, I've, I've actually I've actually bought stuff off Amazon before, and they've come reasonably quick. Well, yeah, it take like two days, and they're warped. Well, well, see, but that's see, you had that one experience, and now you you assume that somehow the, at the Amazon factory they're all just like warping the records on purpose. Exactly, they're throwing <laughs> around like throwing around like frisbees, which is which is possible, uh, I guess. So, but so what are what are your favorite places? So I know you know I I remember when Triple Rock went out, went out. I don't know a few years ago now, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and First Avenue is the legendary sort of venue there that's been there forever you know you read the replacements book or the husker do book or the even prince or whatever um yeah. what are what are some of the best so if if i make it over make it to indianapolis or mini minneapolis uh, minneapolis. <laughs> indianapolis is actually super convenient to me it only takes like four hours but anyway what uh what's uh what's some of the best places to go to as a tourist you want to hit the punk rock bar assuming things kind of get back to normal what are the what are the cool places to play over there well, um, ne- next to the next to First Avenue, within First Avenue, is the Seventh Street entry, the and small that's thing. yeah, that that's a really cool, cool uh, dive bar, and uh, that's where we played with the Lillingtons. That's a cool little club. Probably my favorite place to see a show or play a show. Um, another place over in St. Paul is the Turf Club. That's a really good place. Um, you know, we just had a let's see, places they kind of closed down and. Other places will pop up. A lot sure. of a lot of shows are happening over at the Eagles Club now. I mean, no shows are happening right now, but um, yeah, um, kind of just wherever wherever things are happening. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank now. It's been so long since you've been to the bar. <laughs> exactly. We'll we'll play wherever they'll have us. You know. Sure. You'll still play garage or basement, right? Exactly. Excellent. All right, this is the part where we where we talk about what we've learned, Neil. Yeah, what have we what have we learned about Minnesota apart from the fact that the winters are very cold and apparently I, we've, we've, apparently you you love Prince. We found out that tonight as well. That was a new one. Love is a strong word, but I mean he was huge <laughs> when I was a kid. So was MJ, dude. Michael Jackson was huge when I was a kid. It, um, okay. What? <laughs> that doesn't mean you had to like him. I, I totally lost that's my train of thought. That's like, Thanks say, a lot. that's like saying you should listen to Taylor Swift because she's huge. Uh, I, I get. Listen, dude. I had two daughters. I listened to plenty of Taylor Swift. Yeah, I can believe. Trust it. me. I know. I, I could. It's a love story, baby. Just say yes. <laughs> I know it. I know it all. I don't ever want to hear you saying those words to me ever again. 
<laughs> oh, you like it. But what, what, no, what I learned actually, Neil, is that we could do a two-piece band. Unfortunately, we don't have a drummer, so one of us is going to have to like, one of us can like put one of those things like our friend Adam has and shake it on his foot, and one of us will kick the. Oh, that was kick the cool. bass. Yeah, that was one of us cool. will kick like the bass drum, just like yeah. have a bass drum pedal. Oh, we'll get a drum machine. It'll be like early Echo and the Bunny Man or Big Black, and we'll just have a drum Black. machine. That's right. Yeah. You can plug it, plug in your laptop with some Garage Band. See, we're too old school for that. I think. I mean, we're too old for that, and we're also. <laughs> yeah. too- I tell you what, though, when I I saw saw Big Black a couple times, and man, when they had that drum machine going, that thing could be unbelievably loud. Sure. Were, yeah, they were a fucking loud band. But you know, the uh, thing is, John, if we played with a drum machine or a garage band, we'd miss having to turn everything up so loud so we could be heard over the drummer. <laughs> yeah. True enough. But you know, these are small sacrifices. Yes, sir. So anyway, yeah. So what I've learned is I don't I don't know what I've learned. You guys should check out New Rocket Union. Yep, definitely. Great band. New to us. New to us too. And yep. John was a good, John was a good sport. He never got flustered. Oh no, no. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. I mean, I just kind of sent you that stuff on a whim. I'm glad you liked it, and uh, happy to be on the pod because yeah, I've been uh, digging through your archives, and uh, I like. I like I like hearing your you guys ramble on and <laughs> that's, good that's what we do. That's and we, and, and stuff. That's what we and do we best. apologize for when you go back to listen to this and you're like they were just having a conversation while I was sitting there. They weren't even they were just like <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's what we do. I'm so, a bit any, of an introvert to begin with, so it's fine. That's see, but that surprises me though because you you're pretty good at promoting your band, you know. Well, someone's got to do it. Exactly. <laughs> well, what I what I know. What God I'm, knows you can't count on the drummer for anything. What I'm amazed by is that I actually checked the Instagram and actually saw the message because I log into yeah. that Instagram account so seldom that it would have been a very good chance I might have missed it. So you I know, guess I'll have to like, check that one again. Like months ago, I sent a email to the publicist of... Who's the singer for Naked Raygun? Jeff Pizzotti. Jeff Pizzotti. Yep. I sent an email to Jeff Pizzotti's publicist. Yep. Because I happened to have know somebody who knew it, and I said, "Hey, would Jeff is Jeff still promoting his solo EP? We'd love to have him on." She emailed back and said, "Oh, I'm sure he'd be up for that." But it literally went to some weird mailbox, and I just saw it. <laughs> so we got to get him while they're hot, is what I'm saying. Did you Did you guys hear they're putting out a new record on Wax Tracks? See, is that a done deal? Uh, well, I saw it on the Facebook, so I really think so. Well, if it's yeah. on Facebook. It's got to be true. Well, well, he, well his, his, a thing, his, his a thing with that. Here's the thing with that. They've been they've been putting out that new album for li- literally the last seven years. Um, I heard I heard tracks off of it like six years ago, and the tracks were excellent. But I just don't know what's taken so damn long for the, for them to get this shit together. It's there's know. raccoons to be rescued, Neil. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like they're in a battle with social distortion to see who can put out the record, take the longest time to put out the next album. <laughs> It's their Chinese democracy. <laughs> All right. We know, anyway, we know which one's going to be better between Naked Ray Gun and Social D. I don't oh, know. Oh, man, I think. I love them both. Live them both. Exactly. But we won't take that personally. But All right. So let's let's wrap it up. So we should add one more song here at the end. Um, why don't you pick another one of the songs from your album, or whatever, whatever you want, John. Yeah, anything honestly. you want. If you want, if you just want to play like a someone, Let's someone try. you grew up, someone you grew up with that was a big influence or whatever, that would be fine. 
Yeah, um, why don't... Ah, now oh. you're putting me on, now was, you're putting me on the spot here. That's what we do. Um, yes. So, um, yeah, uh, in addition to Hypnotize, we're also putting out a song called um, Out of Mind. So, When is that coming out? That's coming out tomorrow as well. Okay. Oh, okay. So, two, two singles or a, a, a double, two-song single is coming out gotcha. tomorrow. So put that so, one out as well so out of mind so we will we will actually play out on this so yeah thanks for coming on and talking to us john we appreciate it nice thank getting you to know guys. yeah and thanks, when john. We come to, if we make it to minneapolis we'll uh somebody will buy the first round oh the next time you're in chicago Definitely. yeah that's true yeah. I'll, give yeah, a I'll, make, I'll make i'll make a weekend or hit uh, michigan chicago sometime yeah mm-hmm. that will be excellent. great yeah i just can't promise to come into lombard as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a weekend i gotta work or something <laughs> Sitting there lonely with his drummer. All right, but, everybody. Uh, so, uh, all yeah. Guys. So, Thanks as normal. Thanks, John. Thanks for coming <laughs> on, man. It's been great. And, uh, Tom, you remember, keep a little mark in your heart, buddy, and stay free. All right? Smell you later. All right. Bye, everybody. I am the son of a great